Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. College baseball fans, it's time for the D1 Baseball Podcast with Mike Rooney, Aaron Fitt, and Kendall Rogers. Let's win every podcast. Now, here's the pride of the Newtown Edgemont Little League, Coach Rooney. Hello and welcome to the 43 Minutes of Heaven we call the D1 Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Michael Patrick Rooney. Tonight's episode brought to us by our good friends at S2 Cognition. S2 Cognition delivers a revolutionary approach to helping athletes understand how in-game decisions impact their performance from youth levels all the way to the pros. In-game decisions, swing decisions, get yourself an assessment from S2 so you can see where am I? You know, as an athlete, am I a good swing decision maker? And if, if yes, if no, doesn't matter what the answer is, how do I improve? Better swing decisions, better everything in life. Um, I am joined by the great, uh, the, the most famous Icelander of all time, the great Aaron J. Fit, uh, a future Icelander, Joe Joseph J. Healy, and then the great KR, the great Kendall J. Rogers. Gentlemen, good evening. Salutations. Hello, Rudy. Yeah, good to see you. Uh, gentlemen, I want to start with the inane banter immediately. Let's not even. Oh, Fitzy's, no. Fitzy's on a plane to Reykjavik at like any minute, any moment. So we don't have time to waste here. Uh, Did you say it right? Who could probably say? Probably not. Who could say? Well said. Uh, gentlemen, I want to, fantasy football is on the mind. And um, I was, I, w- I did some ESPN stuff last week with the great Drew Carter. Um, and he has a great fantasy football team name. So I want you to think of a great team name or a great tradition. We all saw Dave Fleming lost his fantasy football league, the Giants announcer. He had to be a bat boy for the San Francisco Giants last night. If you've not seen that clip, you need to find it on Twitter. It is, it is amazing. Uh, so, so Drew Carter, he inspired me here because his football team name last year, he changes every year, was Goffy Black. If you ever seen the movie Semi-Pro, uh, Coffee Black was, was the shooting guard's nickname or you know artist name, whatever you want to call it. And then obviously there's the Jared Goff play there. So uh, Fitzy, you got any great team names that jump out at you? Oh, War boy. traditions. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I got, I mean, the 1.21 gigawatts. That's, uh, that's all I guess. My team name. It's, it's no iconic. way. You have a 1.21 gigawatts. gigawatts. That is <laughs> outstanding. Uh, iconic storied franchise. Uh, but that, that's, yeah, yeah. that's all I got. That's pretty good. That's any back to the future reference. They're, they're, they're still going to draft Tom Brady this year. You know, he's not playing. Well, well, you know, just in case you never know. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Those Hertz commercials don't, they're not going to pay his bills forever. Uh, Joseph, what do you got? You got a good tradition or nickname or name team name? I do like how, by the way, that Tom Brady, 
there was this this huge <laughs> huge news about Tom Brady being a Fox NFL announcer, and he seems to be interested in doing anything but being a Fox NFL announcer. <laughs> um, still still waiting to hear when he's going to do all that. I actually Gruens have not played fantasy football in almost a decade now. I just uh, you know you guys know this um, because what do you do for self loathing? What do you like? What do you? Oh, runes. We that we don't have enough time. Um, <laughs> that, that, it's a private conversation. But it, 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 I just, as time has gone on, like you only have so much bandwidth in your life. And the NFL, honest to goodness, was kind of the first thing to fall for me. Um, where I just and I, I frankly, I blame the Houston Texans because for most of my years growing up watching football, we lost the Oilers, and I was really sad about it. We got the Texans. They immediately just set about disappointing the entire city for most of its history so haven't really gotten back on that train but how about this for for a little bit of a how about cobra kyler for Ky, kyler murray how about that? Oh, i like that one yeah i like that i like your i like whenever you talk about the oilers best i just i'm looking for angles to get you to talk about the houston oilers and the fact yeah. that you just said the texans disappointed the entire city i love that i love the crowd yeah i mean look i mean dan pastorini's not walking back to that door unfortunately no, he's not. But we, but you have the Klein Bengals, so at least. I've, well, I've heard they are the next big thing in, in football in the Houston metropolitan area. Yes, that's a fact. Ken, yeah, the great, the great Mason Jar Rogers leading the charge. Number forty-two in your program, number one in your hearts, Kr. Thank you. What do you got, Kr? What, what do you got? You got a, a I don't, team? I don't. A tradition? I ha- so, so there's like three teams from my league last year that I think are great names, but I will not repeat them on a uh, podcast. Yeah, that's good, so. good, good policy. Kendall, let me let me change subjects quickly. As a dad, do you think you will be harder on football referees than you've been on softball and baseball umpires? Where do you think you stand no. on? No, no, no. Well, number one, you're in this like you're way in the stands. Like there's there's really no way to like you know you're yelling at a football ref. I'm like you know 200 feet away. Whereas like foot the you know softball ump, it's I can right just there. yell at him from the dugout. Yeah. Right. If Kendall's going to get up in somebody's jockeys about something, he wants to be right there. You know, I want to be right. I want to like, get right up in it. <laughs> kind of like last year in the uh, the umpire, the softball umpire telling me I need to watch more baseball. Oh, yeah, so that's my that's problem. Ironic. Watch too much baseball. Oh, get up in someone's jockeys. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to be right there so they can hear me. They can feel my presence. Just oh. not worth his effort if he has to yell from two hundred feet away. Yeah, yeah, like who wants to do that? I mean, yeah, come on. I hear you. I like it. You know what? You know what I do remember from watching. I was my early in my high school coaching career. I was the PA announcer for the Malvern Prep Fighting Friars, uh, only because the athletic director came up to me and said, "That's fifty bucks, you know, cold cash for that," which we would then take to the bar and restaurant right after the games. <laughs> so, um, but I do remember, boy, the play calling. The play calling at football games is always in question. Fans have a lot of opinions on the play calling. Uh, I, will, I will say that their team, I think, gave up 30 points in 11 games last year. And they run a, quite an interesting like misdirection offense. So it's actually pretty uh, pretty interesting. Um, Rune, that a question? Speaking, yes. speaking of umpires, what is the – because, like, I don't see you mad very often. So, like, what is the maddest you, you have ever been as a coach? Like at an at an umpire, when an umpire, yeah. Like, mm. what's the maddest you've ever been? You ever been tossed, Roots? Once, yeah. yeah I, once that's at, even Phoenix, at Phoenix College, I was tossed. I didn't cuss, which was, oh. I, and I actually made that point to the umpire when he tossed me. I was like, 
dude, I didn't even cuss. I found out later it was his third game of the day. You can imagine in the early part of the spring in Phoenix, the Northern junior colleges are coming down and just playing as many games as possible, which means the umpires are doing as many games. So third game, he was cranky. He didn't, he didn't give the Phoenix college bears his best effort. Um, <laughs> it was, you know what, you know why I didn't get that fired up about umpires is because players just lose their ever loving minds over it. And like, you're, you're just, you're trying to convince the player. My theory was, the players, if I get focused on it, they're going to get focused on it. And if they get focused on it, they're, we just lost, right? Like they'll, they'll spend two hours obsessing over it. So I just made a conscious decision, you know, and, and plus I work for the great Pat Murphy, who Murph was on, you know, that whole generation of coaches, yeah. they like, I'm surprised anyone umpires, honestly, like you spend a weekend with Murph and, and Skip Gillespie as an umpire, like you're ready for the psych ward. Like you, you, you're going to need a week of therapy. Like those guys will beat you down. Like so will, what you're telling me, you've never thrown a clipboard like Ross Kivett. Uh, no, I, no, I, I think Murph would have stuffed that clipboard down my throat if I had done you mean, that. Hey, but. were you, were you around the program when Murph went after Ryan Lamont on the mound in a regional? Nope. That was uh two years after me. I didn't, didn't witness that, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen actually. Like, uh, so for you guys who may not know, like Ryan LaMotta from Baylor, who's like an all American that year, like Murph goes over to first base to argue a call. He's walking back to the, the ASU dugout on the third baseline and LaMotta starts popping off to him and Murph like kind of stops, yeah. looks around and just starts walking right towards LaMotta like in the middle of a freaking regional game. It was one of the most surreal things ever. It was, it was kind of crazy. Like, I think everybody was like in shock because he one of my favorite, my favorite Murph story. And I've got a lot, but one of my favorites, my first year at ASU 99, and then we'll get to the, well, this is good therapy that, which is our theme for tonight. College therapy. Therapy. I, I feel like less anxiety now. Yeah. So, so 1999, no, no, no. we're playing at Stanford. Stanford is, this is one year after ASU lost in that crazy national title game. Uh, and Stanford's loaded for bear. I mean, you're talking Jason Young, Justin Wayne. Uh, I mean, they, they played in that. Uh, they, they were in, this was their first of five straight Omaha's. Yeah. So Mark O'Brien is the first base coach for Stanford and he's got every pitch. He has picked us clean and he's verbaling, <laughs> pitches into that we were a little we weren't great on the mound we were especially not great when they knew every pitch that was coming and so <laughs> Murph goes to the mound to make a visit and again this is like I'm a rookie college coach first year Murph goes to the mound to make a visit at Sunken Diamond and does we were in the third base dugout he does not stop at the mound like our pitcher and catcher up there like getting ready to hear Murph's talk he goes right past them he proceeds to run right over to Mark O'Brien and starts <laughs> screaming at him about picking our pitches which is actually our fault but I always felt bad for Obi and Obi and Murph are have have been and always were very close um and so anyway but it was like it, it was one of those classic scenes where you're like oh my gosh did Am I actually – is this actually happening? Did a coach literally just just cruise right past the pitcher and catcher? And, oh, it's classic. That's awesome. By the way, I, I, I would I would make Murph the favorite in this fight, but a Murph-Ryan LaMotta fight, I don't know. Like, LaMotta was, LaMotta a, was a, a thicker dude. guy. I heard he's, yeah, like, I heard he's yeah. not he had, scared, you know, too. Like, giant calves. Like, yeah. I remember that because he wore the high pants. It's a yes. giant calves. What's, what's cool is the picture is awesome. Like, the picture, like, Murph's, like, like bowing up to him, and LaMotta just is, like, staring him down. Yeah. yeah was, We're like Jake LaMotta, am I right? 
<laughs> Good show. It's an old Joe, you're feeling it. We need to, to let you, you cook tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Uh, all right, boys, let's get to the subject matter at hand. So tonight's episode <laughs> is about college baseball therapy. I think we've all had enough of, you know, conference realignment every morning, you know, rumors of mid-level agents baiting players into the portal with NIL money. Just, it, you know, the draft is now happening like the day before school starts. I'm exaggerating, but it's just been a lot. Like it, college sports has been a lot recently. And so, Joe, you said something that inspired this, where you went to the Cape this summer and you were like, man, th- my college baseball soul needed that experience. So what I thought, I- I'll give you guys an example of one that I know you won't pick, but I want each of us to pick something you've seen or thought about recently that gets your college baseball soul rejuvenated and fired up for fall baseball, which is really, really fun. I'll give you one thing. I've got a couple, but I'll give you guys one thing right away. Danny Graves, our beloved Danny Graves, Gravy, who's so awesome, um, just celebrated his 50th birthday. He put it on Twitter. He graduated from the University of Miami 29 years later after leaving, being drafted after a junior. So, like, you know, whatever happens with college sports, Gravy had an incredible big league career. He just got inducted in the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. Um, But for him to go back and finish his degree, which was something that you know, he would tell you it was not easy to do for a million different reasons. Good on you, Gravy. He's one of the awesome people in our sport. And so really cool when you hear about someone like that doing something that, um, you know, they feel really proud about. So there you go. There, There's a little if that doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy, then I, I don't know what you got. Who wants to go next? Who's got who else has got something positive? Uh, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say I related to kind of my Cape experience, I was there, uh, for the, the draft actually. And so it was kind of two parts of the story. One is, um, day three of the draft. I was actually at the park at Yarmouth Dennis, um, Yarmouth Dennis, which plays its games at Dennis Yarmouth regional high school. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, get it together had like three guys get drafted right around first pitch, like bang, bang, and so that was kind of a cool experience. I think we've we've all seen it back in the days when the draft was during, you know, regionals or super regionals or what have you, guys getting drafted in the dugout. And we kind of hated that for that reasons, but it was different here on the Cape, obviously. And so it was kind of cool because a lot of the players' parents are there. Um, you know, that the, the team is all, is able to kind of, you know, break focus a little bit to celebrate those guys. So that was kind of cool. One such player was Brady Day of Kansas State. And uh, who, who went on to hit a home run later that day? So that's a day he's not going to forget ever. Um, but he's coming back to Kansas State. And so my my thing here is not necessarily just focusing on Brady Day coming back to Kansas State, although I've already told you guys in our you know D1 baseball internal chat that I'm kind of buying on K-State for next season. It's more that I'm reminded of, hey, we're not too far from the time of year I like the most about, other than the season, of course. But in terms of the offseason, my favorite time is when we first start to information gather about these teams and start to get excited and remember, Oh yeah, this, they have this guy and this guy's coming back and Hey, there's this freshman whose name I heard, you know, a year ago. And now I'm reminded about him or, Hey, this team has some big time questions. Who are the next guys up? My favorite part of this job, if you were to to force me to, to pick it is just being able to dive in on a team and do research, whether that's, going to a fall game and seeing that going to a preseason practice, reading us the survey, the coaches turn in during preseason preview time. That's my favorite part of the job. If you force me to pick one thing. And, and I was reminded in seeing 
Brady Day coming back and thinking about, hey, K-State's going to have him and Galen Culpepper and Tyson Neighbors and on and on and on kind of got me excited about like, oh, I get to do this with every team pretty soon. And that's really fun. Yeah. So, you know, all the chaos of player movement. Okay, sure. But that, I mean, that, that we, we kind of bemoan some of that. But the flip side of it is we all get to kind of open the presence, <laughs> you know, and, and look at what these rosters are going to be in the fall and, and moving forward. Love that. KR, what were you going to say? No, so it's, it's funny that Joe mentioned Kansas State because I was going to bring up Kalen Culpepper. You know, the, the, this is a guy that, you know, when I saw him early last year uh, up in Arlington, I mean, I really liked him. And so, you know, I was reading David Seifert's Team USA report was a couple weeks ago on, on his, you know, summer with Team USA. Just a fast-rising prospect. Obviously did a really nice job at the Cape. But I think the biggest thing for me when I look at Kansas State is, you know, hat tip to Pete Hughes. I mean, when you look at Kalen Culpepper, a guy who – you know, went to high school in the SEC country, a Memphis kid, Tyson Neighbors, a Dallas area kid, could have very easily, both those kids, gone in the portal, gone somewhere else, gone to LSU, gone to Vandy, gone to AM, gone to Texas. And Pete Hughes, obviously, and Austin Waits and that staff, obviously did a very good job of keeping those guys at home. And, you know, both of those kids had really good summers. Kaylin Culpepper, you know, Saif uh, Roth, you know, was one of the, you know, one of the prospects with the most helium going into the fall. And so uh, I, I just give a lot of props to, to Pete Hughes for keeping those kids at home. And frankly, kind of like Joe said, like it, it creates a really cool story in college baseball that Kansas State, uh, a program who may not have the resources of some of these bigger schools, on paper looks like they're going to be pretty good next year, which is mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize that, Ken Linda. It's really cool sure. when like Kansas State – um, you know, they felt like they got snubbed from the NCAA tournament. And it really, it's really cool when you see a bunch of kids that rally around that as opposed to people scattering. And, you know, like people scatter for different reasons, right? Like it's not always, you know, that I should think lesser of them for doing that or they took the money or whatever. Like sometimes that happens, but really cool. You know, we've brought this, I've brought this up before, but RJ Green and Caleb Lomavita staying at Cal. Like it's really cool, you know, like, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be mad at them if they chose to leave, but it's really cool that they are happy at Cal and stayed. So that's that's a good one. Fitzy, what are you going with? What do you got for my my college baseball chicken soup for my soul yeah. here? And I'll say first off, just to quickly follow up on Kendall's point there and Joe's point as well. Um, it, it really is, you know, one of the fun things about summer ball is uh, you can identify those teams. I mean, you see yes. the, the players running around the Cape. Um, from, from a bunch, you know, a bunch of black guys from one program. Like I, I always think about, you know, summer of 2011, spending time in the Cape and ran into all these Stony Brook kids, you know, Travis Jankowski and, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the Tyler Johnson and, and who had a great summer that year. And, you know, um, all these guys that I think they had four or five guys up there, um, with a big third baseman, um, who had all those home runs the following year, whose name I'm blanking on Car- Carmona thank yeah, you Willie, Willie Carmona, Carmona. Willie, exactly Willie Carmona. the can't well the catcher I mean like all those guys were up there in the cape and and I think a bunch of them were all-stars and it was like hey like Stony Brook's gonna be good next year guys like you know and it, it's you, it, to me it seemed pretty obvious but like uh that's kind of feels like what Kansas State is now it's like oh yeah okay like they're gonna be good you know they got all these guys that are that were already pretty good and that have turned the corner taken the next step and uh I, I like that one of the things I like about certainly about summer ball but uh I'm I'm excited about fall ball coming up you guys know mm. me you know, Fitty Fall Ball, they call me. Uh, in, <laughs> I thought it was Fitty Barrels. It's going to be yeah, a new hat. No, no, listen. Come listen. on, Stephen Shock. 
the hair that if you're only listening people fitzy got a haircut and it's an 80 right now no, just no an more, absolute 80 no more fitty bears we're going fitty fall ball for now um <laughs> listen this this is a this is a fun time of year. I just I just really enjoy the the travel. You know, as you guys know, I love tearing up the road and uh, you know just going to these places where uh, you don't have the intensity of the regular season. You know, you can just you can just kind of roll in there, and and uh, you know the coaches are just so fired up to spend time with you. And you know, a lot of times it's just like some great one on one and casual conversations. And you know, I'm sitting in, you know sitting in the stands, and Dave Van Horn comes up and spends four innings with you watching a game, and then like oh here comes. You know, um, uh, Coach Thompson, the, the, you know, <laughs> following up like they're just like parading over and hanging out. And it's just it's just awesome. And, and you get to learn so much about, you know, about these teams from I think from that that atmosphere and just kind of the the casual conversations as well as the on the record conversations, as well as the, the looks that you get at players. And so uh, I love the road trip. I love the, the, the jerky um, and, and, the, and the energy <laughs> drinks if we got to do it. And, and you're going to tear up some miles. Let's go. Oh, I always think great. it's kind of interesting to look back at like, you know, fall ball, especially like the incoming freshmen, because like, you know, you know, us as a quartet, like we don't really watch the high school kids very much. So all we know is basically off of either what we watch in like an all-star game or what we read in reports. And I still remember the first fall that Dylan Cruz at LSU, the, the scouting report on him was like, oh, there's so much swing and miss, so much swing and miss. And I remember like the first scrimmage I saw from, from him at LSU in the fall, I'm sitting here watching, like, with like, what the hell are they talking about? Like, I'm I'm not seeing a lot of swing and miss here. Like, I'm seeing a dude just squaring up every single ball. So, I just think back to the. I, I always enjoy seeing those incoming kids for the first time, and like a, like Aaron said, like a very uh, informal setting, so to speak. Yeah, and I would I would cap that Kendall with like you put up on the. I'll read the headline. You put up on the website the 2023 D1 Baseball Fall Exhibition Central page which is going to list all of those fall scrimmages that you're, you know, we're going to collect. So that, yeah, like everything you guys said, that gets the juices flowing. I'll give you guys two more and then we'll get, we'll, let's really sure. get player focused. So um, the Cape Cod title game born goes back to back to born Braves. I might mess up the nicknames over the Orleans Firebirds. Now Orleans is coached by T- K- uh, Kelly Nicholson. Is that right? Correct. Yep. So that kind of, I don't know who coaches born, but that hurts my heart. Cause I love coach Nicholson. Do we know who coaches born? Anyone? I should know that. I'll Google that while we're talking. They had 7,000 fans for the title game for the Cape Cod. That, that's yeah. gotta be a record, right? Um, it's gotta be said. Did you say 7,000? Is that what, that's what Twitter ball, said? One of those ballparks holds 7,000. Well, there was people everywhere. Like, just it was a mass of humanity. Just like every That's place wild. that you could put a human. Now, I'm just going off of Twitter. That's I know. Like, Orleans has a has a ton of like berm seating, right, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Eldridge Orleans, Park yeah. is that Orleans? Yeah. That's exactly. Right? Um, yeah. By the, by the way, so it used to be for a long time Harvey Shapiro coached at Bourne, but now uh, Scott Landers is there in his second year. Saltalamakia is back. Uh, back there. Oh, how about that? Coach. Interesting. So, I, I uh, I'm reminded ahead, when I think about the Cape and, and attendance, you know, because they don't, for those who don't know, they don't charge admission. Now they, they do take donations at the, the, the front gate. And I'm using air quotes for those who aren't watching because um, there aren't gates for many of them. Um, I like to, one time I remember this is just a side story. You get into some of these, even in division one, you, you have some of the Metro Atlantic schools or schools in the NEC sometimes have don't charge admission and they don't, they don't, they don't, they only have so many actual seats and it's a lot of berm seating. And so 
I remember when I was working at Baseball America, we got a, a s- informational survey sent from a school in one of those conferences, and I'm not playing coy. I truly don't remember who it was. That <laughs> they, it said that stadium name, it had the dimensions of the stadium, and then it put capacity. And instead of just leaving it blank, because a lot of those schools would just leave it blank, they put infinity. And I just like <laughs> <laughs> love that. I, I, that's the way I think about the the Cape. Because honestly, some of those places, like you know, at, at Brewster, there's like a hill up the first baseline and then like another hill and it flattens out and then another hill. So, I mean, you, you really could love that. You know, fit thousands upon thousands of people in some of these places and you'd never know how to count them. But I just, I like to be reminded of the, the, the so, what, so what you're saying infinity. is a seven. So what you're saying is a 7,000 figure. It's probably slightly embellished. Well, or more undercounted, frankly, you yeah. know, like I, I would, yeah. I would bet it's not under, I would bet it's, you know, about you hear that SEC? Over, There's but... a team out there with infinity <laughs> seats, so you guys are in second Mississippi place. Mississippi State fans are questioning your yeah. numbers. Yeah, yeah, the, the dude, second biggest baseball park in the country right now. Uh, let me give you guys one more, and then we'll get to players. Uh, so our good friends at the Peak, of, uh, peak Events, they do the Carbach Brewing Round Rock Classic, which was – I mean, think about who we saw there last year. We saw Brody Brecht in Iowa beat LSU – we saw Kansas State with this really good core of players. Who apparently um, is going to win the national title based on yeah, we're the way we've talked exactly. about them on this <laughs> We're podcast. already on board. So Back this hurts. year, they're adding another tournament, at least one more tournament that we know about in Jacksonville. And so I just think this I, – I, I think we're, I speak for the group. We are all in on this concept. These 14 weekends in cool ballparks, matchups that we wouldn't get to see early in the season – um really really cool the one in round rock has been awesome the one in round and um frisco has been awesome and i love that the peak event guys are adding more um i carbach brewing company is an awesome sponsor whose name is like near impossible for me to pronounce but kendall carbach is that is that you're you're right on okay good yes but anyway that pumps me up i was hoping you said like carbach or something I wanted to, believe me, every fiber of my being wanted to say Carbosh. So, but it's Carbach. We're not going to mess up. No, it should be, it should be a lot of fun. And I, and kind of like what we did last year with the, the, or this past year with the streaming stuff, uh, we should have a pretty cool announcement on that in the next uh, couple of months. So it should be fun. All right. So let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. Christian Aro, look at me being a pro. I'm taking a break so you can insert some ad- advertisements in there. And then uh, we will come back and we will each pick three players from the summer that got us pumped up. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. All right, boom. Look at us. Pros, pros. Um, Kendall, I will start with you. I, I want, I want, we're going to go one at a time. Give me a player that you read about or saw this summer, not named Mason Jar Rogers, that okay. is exciting for the 2024 college baseball season. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with a high profile team here right off the bat. But, you know, I think when you look at look at LSU and the guys they lost, uh, I was reading about, you know, I think Sasha report on Jared Jones the other day. And, you know, he's just one of those guys that like I'm really intrigued to see what he does in the spring, because if you think back to, you know, the fall, he was phenomenal in the fall. He was actually pretty good at the very beginning of this past season, but his role kind of diminished as LSU kind of set the, set its lineup as the season progressed. And, you know, now you know, with with Dylan and, and Trey Morgan and guys like that all gone, all of a sudden he goes from a diminished role to to one of the dudes, so to speak. And so, you know, we already know that he has massive power. Now the question is, you know, can he, you know, can he be a, a, an adequate replacement for Trey Morgan at first? And also, can he cut down on the swing and miss? And so I think Jared Jones for me, frankly, guys, offensively, out of everybody on LSU's roster, he's he might be the one I'm most excited to see this fall because he he's going to have the limelight on him, you know, quite a bit. He could fall got a out whole... of bed and hit 20 home runs. Like it is stupid. Yeah, power. it is crazy. When I saw them last fall, his first at bat in an LSU uniform, he hit like the top of the light standard at Louisiana. I mean, it's Comical. stupid. They've got a whole subset of guys. They're going to be an interesting club just because they've got a whole subset of guys. Jared Jones, Paxton Kling, Brady Neal, guys yeah. who played a little, you know, I would say like, you know, part, part, part time's not quite right either. It's kind of something in between full time and part time, but you know, um, guys who played last year, but weren't the stars of the show that now this year are going to mm -hmm. be looked to, to take a, take a big step. And, and obviously how good LSU is, is going to have a lot, how the good they are is going to have a lot to do with how good LSU is. Well said. Fitzy, who do you want to go with here? Well, I'm going to go ahead and, and take my guy before anyone else steals him. I don't think you guys would dare. Uh, I don't think you would dare. It's sniping I, season. I wanna, it's sniping season. I want to make sure. I don't. Can get I predict who you're going to say? I know who he's going to no, say, too. No, no, no. I'm going to say, me. can I say it? J-O. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, no, I was going to say Derek Bender. No, 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 no. Oh, God, Kendall. Okay. I thought you knew me. We've been together <laughs> for like a decade now. You hurt Fitzy's Gosh, feelings. That one, that one's yeah. okay. I love, I love, hey, gonna, listen, I love Derek. Well, I was going to say Seaver King since he's a Wake Forest guy. Did not see Seaver King. I, I, uh, I do love Derek Bender. I had a great conversation with him in, at Coastal this year. But no, Joe Oyama is the correct answer. Coach Rooney, ding, hey, ding, now. ding, big winner. This guy is so much fun, you guys. I'm so sad that I missed UC Irvine this spring, so I did not see him. And so my first, my first experience – uh, with Joe Oyama was this summer at Orleans and he was just, he's the best. He's like, he's five foot seven. Um, and he's, you know, does all the things that you want a five foot seven second baseman to do. Of course, he plays a really nice second base. He, he runs, he drags, he slaps, he pushes, you know, he is very good runner energy guy works counts top of the lineup hit like three eighty or something. Uh, but also guess what? He hit like six home runs in the Cape, eight home runs wow. in the Cape. If you count the playoffs, eight, you know, with wood bats, five foot seven. 
a uh, bunch of triples, doubles. I mean, he just, he drives the ball, dude. Like this guy is so much fun. He's not, he's, he's older. He's an older player. And so he got passed over in the draft. I think he's, he'll be 23 this, this fall. And I just hope somebody gives him a chance next year because he is, you know, I mean, I get it. Like Jose Altuve had to fight an uphill battle. We were talking about that in our, I think our work chat uh, this week, like, you know, that guy, it took a lot for him to, to sign for a bag of peanuts and, and you know, and, and worked his way up and became a guy. I'm not saying this guy is Altuve, but like, he's like, you know, right now, he's the closest thing we got to Altuve in college baseball. Put it that way. I mean, it's just a dynamic player with an awesome personality. He's from Japan. Uh, I, I think I heard from somebody that, like, you know, he can always go back and play in Japan if he doesn't get a chance in pro ball, but I hope he does get a chance in organized ball here. In the meantime, I can't wait to watch him for the Anteaters next year because he's just, I mean, he's like the all fit prototype guy. He's so, Fitty, he's is so he like cool. a Steven Kwan type? He's, well, I mean, no, because like he's, he's shorter than Kwani. Um, and he's like, you know, he's a second baseman. He's not a center fielder, but like he, you know, he, he like Kwan, he can really run, but like it's, it's, I mean, it's honestly, it's like an Altuve type player is what he is. It's like, he's, he's kind of thicker, you know, even though he's, he's, he's short, he's like compact and strong. He's got like a leg lift and, uh, it, it really fast hands and just drop him in there. And, and, you know, it's just a guy that really just freaking hits, man. Love that. So yeah. Sold. Mm-hmm. Amen. Joe, uh, yeah, Irvine, another team to keep on your radar for next year. Who are you going with, Joseph? It's a good point. Oyama, Anthony Martinez, uh, mm-hmm. good player. Um, yeah. But yeah, Oyama, quickly on him, I, I, w- I saw him a little bit too. And in the span of like half an hour, he beats out an infield single with a four-flat time to first base. And then in his next at-bat, he goes like opposite field off the wall for just for a double that was 100-something off the bat. And I just kind of – you know, it was one of those where I turned around to the scouts that were kind of standing behind me and like, are you guys, are you guys seeing this? Like, why is, why is he still here? Um, but regardless, do your job, um, do go. your job, yeah, exa- scouts. Exactly. <laughs> God, you know, listen, the, the sources tell me short guy around. bias must stop. We got to give short guy a chance. Uh, so, sources tell me that Joe actually said that to him. Yeah, oh, do your job. Did. Please. I did, and then and then it became a fracas, and much like much like how Aaron described Joe, Joe Oyama's game, I used the runs, drags, slaps, and pushes strategy oh, to defend myself. That's so great. Um, anyway, that's that's pro Joe. You just took us from Joe Oyama to the word fracas. Thank you for yeah. that. Well played. Um, I'm going to go with a player not on the Cape. I, I was at the Appalachian League All Star Game this summer, and um, I was intrigued by Hollis Fanning. Uh, for a couple reasons. One is that, look, there's nothing wrong with what he did statistically at Tennessee last year. Like the numbers on a rate basis are great. Um, You know, 17 to three strikeout to walk ratio, like the ERA is low, but he just didn't get a lot of run because Tennessee was Tennessee on the mound. Right. And teams say, coaches say, you you can never have too much pitching, but that was a case where Tennessee just did (laughs) for him to really get any sort of uh, any sort of opportunity in high leverage spots. So now he's, he's transferring to NC state and I'm intrigued because he gets a lot of, he, he gets a lot of outs just kind of with not high octane stuff. It's like a low nineties fastball with a high eighties cutter, but he gets quite a bit of swing and miss on that stuff. So I guess there's some deception there that, you know, we just kind of can't see from our vantage point. And furthermore, NC state is one of those programs that just does a really nice job with, right-handers who just kind of have okay stuff, right? Like guys who aren't going to really blow you away. And, uh, you know, I, you, we could sit here and go through a list just in the last five years of guys who 
aren't really prospects who had really nice years for NC state in, in starting roles. And I don't know what Hollis Fanning's role will ultimately be, but uh, he, he looks the part of a guy who could, who could start. And so I came away impressed in part because the stuff didn't necessarily blow me away, but mm. um, in an opportunity, we, we talk about the transfer portal and, and look, we bemoan the fact that Samford gets picked apart every year um, by the sec, but this is one where, you know, if, if you're NC state, this is an opportunity to, to, to not only give an opportunity to a pitcher who just didn't get a lot of run last year, but an opportunity to kind of better yourself by taking another team's surplus and maybe being able to turn into a, a pitcher that they weren't able to turn him into at his original stop. So uh, just a good opportunity all around for, for him and, and was impressed by what I saw at the Abbey league all-star game. Mm, love that. Uh, boys, I'm going to go, you get, you guys alluded to the, the excitement of fall. So I've got Brandon Compton, who is a redshirt freshman at Arizona State, a rising redshirt freshman. I learned about him. I had never, you guys know I see a lot of Arizona State. I live here. Never heard the name before. Totally whiffed on this freshman year. He redshirted, so that didn't help me. But Patrick Ebert did help me. Patrick Ebert wrote up, did some great write-ups on the Northwoods League this fall, uh, this summer. And Brandon Compton is a left-left. Uh, he's a 6'1", 210 pounds. He had Tommy John surgery at the end of his high school senior year. He's from Buckeye, Arizona, which is way out west. Um, just an awesome blue-collar area. It's the home of Cole Calhoun, so I am predisposed to love anyone from Buckeye. And Brandon Compton, you know, didn't get to play baseball this year. Talking to the guys at Arizona State, the coaches, they almost, they were this close to yanking his red shirt for the bat. But they didn't, they, they held off and didn't do it. He's a two-way player, obviously, but he went to the Northwoods League this summer and just got after it. I'm thinking Charlie Condon-ish. He's a different, totally different player, right? Charlie Condon, 6'6", and right-handed. But Brandon Compton for Duluth, 60 games, 74 hits, 13 home runs, 71 RBIs, um, led the Northwoods League in RBIs this summer. So, you know, again, like, I just I love the um, perseverance of that story where you're going to Arizona State and you have high aspirations and you're injured. You have to sit out the year, but you go to the Northwoods League and absolutely grind it out, put up big numbers. So good on you, Brandon Compton. I can't wait to see him this fall. So uh, should be good. Kendall, round two, what do you got? I'm going to go with Derek Fabian from Auburn. You know, he was a guy that if you look back at his, his two-year career at Florida, I mean, he's got the measurables, right? I mean, 6'3", 190 pounds, just a really athletic frame. Uh, you know, only had 38 at-bats for Florida this past season. But, I mean, if you look at the summer that he had, I think it was with – I want to say it was with Chatham maybe. Um, I mean, he had 352 with five homers. Uh, he took a big step forward against some of the best competition on the summer circuit. And so I'm just really intrigued to see how he does for Auburn this fall because clearly he's a very talented player. Now he's obviously going to have a much larger role at a place like Auburn, and he's coming off a very good summer at the Cape. So I, that really kind of stood out to me, just just how consistent uh, he was with a wooden bat. And and there's some talk that Auburn plans to make him their shortstop this year. Hmm. Um, I, I think he's he's an average, you know, serviceable shortstop uh, at this stage. I'll be curious to see how that how that works. Like I like him as a defender at third. Um, I think you could put him at second, you know, he can, he can handle, he can handle short. Okay. I mean, it's just, but like, it's kind of an average arm. It's not like a standout arm. Um, you know, so it's, it's something to watch, but like, I, 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 I think there's actually a little bit of whip in that bat too. Like, you know, he's, he, he's, he's more of a line drive guy right now, but like, I think there could be some power to come too. He's, I mean, you know, he was kind of like buried Florida and 
after playing a lot as a freshman, didn't have a very good freshman year. He was just a utility guy. And, um, you know, one weekend I was in there against Vanderbilt, like he kind of got his chance to play because uh, Rivera was, was, was sick for a couple of days and he made the most of it, you know, and they kind of lauded him for like, Hey, this guy stayed ready. He works really hard. He's like, he's a great teammate. He's been disappointed. He hasn't been able to play, but now he's going to have a chance to play, you know, and, and maybe it is a shortstop and Hey, Kendall, you're right. Like maybe this guy takes a big jump. Um, Hey Fitzy, can yeah. I give you, uh, you know, like you, you're the one that defends having a lot of open windows. Uh, I, or tabs, I should say, I was corrected on that last week. So I was getting frustrated with how many tabs I had open. And so I closed one and the tab I closed was this podcast, <laughs> which is why I disappeared. So and there you go. Fitzy the, exhibit a for having many tabs. The, the, the moral of the story is never close your tabs. Okay. So that, that leads me to, to like a brief inane banter. Uh, how many tabs do you guys have open? I have four open right now, including this four? one. Are oh four? Are you even trying? I have four in one window, and then I've got two other windows, and this one looks like it's got about 20 tabs open. <laughs> what about you, Joe? Joe? I have uh, nine, and the ninth is a page looking up information on Buckeye, Arizona, which I learned is Arizona's largest city by area. <laughs> oh, Really? So why are oh, you yeah, Why are you looking at Buckeye, Arizona? Because that's where Rudy's player Compton. was from. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh. Team player there. Kendall, I just opened my 14th window for my next player, so that's that's oh, what I got. You already triggering me over here. <laughs> triggering you. Also, by the way, just to look at my email inbox. Ooh, I'm actually need to trim this down. I've got 22 emails in my inbox. Oh, you're not even not yeah, even breathing over there. That's a that's a disaster, man. You're gonna get you're gonna get overwhelmed. <laughs> Oh, where are we, by the way? Oh, Fitzy, is it my your turn? turn. Uh, yes, Fit just please. went, so it should be no, 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 Joe's no, no. turn. No, 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 you, you went. went. You went. No, yeah, Fit I, talked about or followed up on Fabian, so no, now we've got to pick a player. That's right. I was just piggybacking, exactly. Uh, my player, guys, uh, to continue the theme of hashtag short king summer. Short um, kings. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go with, with my man Kane Kepley from Liberty. This is a breakout candidate for next year. Coastal hey, Plain League All-Star, played for High Point in Thomasville. Um, little speed guy, you know, five foot eight, um, slasher outfielder, premium runner. I think he ran a six, four, five in the 60 that day. Um, uh, but he, you know, so quick twitch there. And, and, and I, I, I think there's some sneaky bat speed too. I'm, I'm intrigued by this guy. I think he's going to go play in the Cape next year. Um, you know, he had a, a, a good freshman year for, for Liberty hit, you know, over 300 and, and, Really, like, I think it was an encouraging debut. Um, but we took a step forward, you know, hit the ball with more authority uh, this year. But it's really a table setter profile. And, and I just think he's going to be a really fun player. So we're going to keep giving the short guy some love. Go get him, Kane Kepley. Oh, hashtag short king summer. Joe, what do you got? I'm also going to the Coastal Plain League. I'm going to talk about Dylan Koontz from Campbell. Uh, didn't get a lot of play last year, but this guy is cut out of central casting for Campbell. I think I've said it. If not on this podcast, I've definitely said it in our internal chats at, at D1 Baseball that Campbell definitely has a type. If you take like Zach Neto out of the you know the equation, but other than that, with their typical position player, they have a type, and it's like six foot, two hundred to two fifteen, kind of positionless because he doesn't really play any position great, but he can play a bunch of places okay, and he's got power and he hits for average, and that's kind of what Dylan Koontz is like. He played first base this summer for the most part, but he's also played right field, uh, left field, third base, a little bit of second base. Um, but the guy really hits, you know, 10 home runs this summer, 48 runs driven in this summer for um, 
or on the coastal play. I think he played for Forest City. Shout out in the so. Coastal Plain League. Yeah. The Forest City Owls, I think that's the, the team name, right? Yeah. Um, so it just kind of seems like another in that line that Campbell has. Like, I suspect I'll show up in the fall at some point or Aaron will show up this fall at some point at Campbell and just be like, oh, yeah, here's here's the next guys in the assembly line that are just going to put up huge numbers just like all these, you know, Lawson Harrell and uh, Logan Jordan and, and pick your, you know, Campbell guy the last 15 years whose names that, you know uh, – the casual fans don't know, but it's just kind of kept the line moving in that program. Mm, love that. I love, I love the Campbell's have a, the Campbell Campbell's have a type. I love that. Uh, boys, I'm going Dalton Bargo. He played in the Appy league, which admittedly I need to learn more. My summer baseball knowledge because our summer has shrank so much in college baseball with the late draft. I, I need to coach Rooney's putting myself on notice right now. I need to do a better job. Now, luckily there's a ton of great stuff on the website to help me there, but Darn, Dalton Bargo was at Mizzou. And I believe he's a left-handed hitter. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe. And he's kind of right. He's like that fringy recruit, right? He's left-handed hitter, which intrigues you. He's six one, not six four. He's 195 pounds. He doesn't portray great athleticism. It, apparently, he's an average defensive catcher right now. But I think he's hitterish, and and the numbers back that up. He was very, he was a very competent hitter as a true freshman at Mizzou. It's very hard to to hit as a freshman in the sec and he backed that up by going to the appy league and winning the uh batting title hit 351 this summer in the in the appy league and uh i just i you know now he's going to tennessee and i i just feel like there's another breakout candidate i don't know what becomes of him defensively or you know what have you but i i feel like there's an offensive star in there um because the bat to ball seems very very good yeah, they're, they're going to have an interesting – Tennessee is going to be an interesting team to watch in the fall because they've got a real – and look, good problem to have. But they've got a real kind of logjam because they've also got Cannon Peebles um, who kind of is a similar type of play. Not in terms of necessarily like Peebles got more impact than Bargo at the plate, but offense first catcher. So one of them is going to catch. Um, but you've also got – okay, so then maybe one of those guys goes to first base. Well, you've got Blake Burke um maybe one place third base when well, you've got billy amick <laughs> so i mean they're just going to have a lot of pieces to move around and and so it'll be look again good problem to have i am certain they will figure it out but they do kind of have a lot of corner catcher first base third base profile guys and i'll be kind of fascinated to see how they they kind of reconcile all that and and i'll say this too you know amick i think wants to play third base and i think that's i think that's why he primarily why he left Clemson if it was, was my understanding. Um, and, and Tennessee, you know, I think is planning to give him the chance to play third base. Can he do it? I think there's a lot to prove there. And so that's one of the interesting things about the transfer portal era is just, it's a lot of promises made about opportunities that in a lot of cases, I think are not going to pan out. Yeah. And, you know, that's just, it's just the way it is, but I guess caveat emptor, if you're a player too, like yeah, you, you still got to go out there and earn it. You're not going to have anything handed to you, but like a lot of guys are seeking greener pastures. Like, Hey, your coaches aren't idiots. Like a lot of times if you're not playing a position, it's because you can't play the position, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you can, I mean, sometimes these coaches are idiots. I don't know. But, uh, uh, anyway, I just think that's I- a fascinating, fascinating thing to watch. I forgot mm-hmm. Zane Denton in that mix as well. He's coming back and maybe mm-hmm. he's a fit at second base. I don't know. Question mark, you know, no. um, but that moves I mean, Christian Moore to shortstop. Maybe they know, just, and... maybe they just promise Zane he can, play, he can play short if he stays. I don't know. I mean, I, that's just, you do what you got to do, man. You make, you make all the promises you need to make. 
Uh, by the way, the carrots are officially promising Patrick Mahomes that he's our QB one if he signs with us. So just sort of throw that out there. Kendall, let's do rapid fire. Let's go one more player each. Give me. Let's do a rapid fire one one player. Oh, you're muted. Ding. On brand. Well, I was gonna say, since Kendall, when can we get a Stephen Shaw hat for you that says "Muted KR"? When when do we get that? Uh, I don't we... know. Well, you know, my wife got me this for Christmas. I I'm on that. air. Apparently, I don't realize Ooh, I'm on air. That's good background. Thank well you. Done. Uh, yes. I, I have a little bit of work to do. It's a little little white back there. Yeah. Um, Classy though. Uh, well, since I'm a noted mid major lover, uh, I'm gonna go with Ryan Sprock from Elon. I don't know if Joe or, or Aaron saw him last year. But he had a really solid, you know, spring for the Phoenix. And, uh, you know, Patrick Eber had some really, really good things to say about him and his Northwoods reports, his Northwoods All-Star Game reports. Um, he had a great summer. Hit 320, eight homers, 40 RBIs, showed pretty good balance. So, you know, strike out the walk ratio, had an OPS nearing 1,000. Uh, so keep an eye on him, five, you know, 5'10", uh, sophomore for the Phoenix. So he had a great summer at the Northwoods. Might be better on the mound too. Like I, I saw him yeah. on the mound and stop me if you've heard this before, but like Elon's got some young pitching, like he and uh, Justin Mitrovich were a couple of freshmen yeah. who threw the ball really well this season for them. Um, but Sprock's tricky on the mound. He's got that short, short right-hander thing going where the ball just kind of seems to take off, you know, from that, that, that low, you know, lower than hitters are used to seeing it. So yeah. anyway, yeah. but yeah, talented, talented guy for sure. That's a good call. What's really interesting, Joe, about Sprock is that, you know, Patrick noted in his report that he's actually focused 100% on hitting this summer. So I don't know if that's something he's going to do full-time moving forward or is he just giving his arm a break? I guess we'll find out in a few weeks in fall reports. Short King summer. I think that's my big takeaway from that. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. Um, my turn, I believe. I'm going to give you two real quick names from the NECBL All-Star Game. One of them is another two-way player like Kendall's been talking about. Uh, Anthony Steele, Penn State. Penn State has got, uh, I think Mike Gambino is inheriting some interesting pieces here. But Anthony Steele is one of them. One of the guys I ran into this summer that I, I, I liked. Won the home run derby up there. Left-handed hitter, 6'4", 230. Uh, you know, strong like bull. Uh, and also, I mean, had a dominant summer off the mound as, a, as their closer. Left-handed pitcher. Like you know, eight nine ninety two with some life, and uh, it looks the part, you know. And and I don't think he's really performed to this point in his collegiate career, but he sure performed this summer in the NACBL. Really intriguing breakout candidate. And then Everett Catlett for Georgetown, um, who started the summer in the NACBL was great for Mystic, uh, and then finished it actually up at Orleans in the Cape. I, I didn't see him up there, but he was. Uh, uh, I think he had two great outings for them to help help in their playoff run. But six seven left hander, low slot, like ninety. 293 with all kinds of life got a slider he's got feel for a change i mean but like he's he's not performed so far in his career uh he, he had some injury issues i believe this past spring and had like an era uh, in the sevens um and so like i think he had some pro interest this summer i don't believe he wound up signing uh no he, uh, he couldn't have because he was pitching the playoffs for the cape so anyway very fascinating breakout guy. Pick to click, kind of a, a late bloomer. He'll be a fourth year player that I think has a chance to pop. Love that. Joseph, what do you got? I'm going to pick this is the first player from the Cape I've talked about, but Hunter Hines from Mississippi State uh, broke the Woodbat Cape Cod League home run record this summer. Uh, 13 home runs in the regular season. Then he hit a 14th in the postseason. And, you know, look, he plays for YD and it's a smaller park, you know, yada, yada, yada. But I will say, his teammates were all hitting at that park too. And the second highest total on Whitey's roster for home runs was three. So look, I mean, <laughs> the dude has real, real power. Uh, we know that. 
Um, and, and I'm kind of intrigued by his trajectory moving forward. It's the power we we've known about. He's hit 30 some odd home runs through two C 38 home runs through two seasons at, at state. Um, that being said, you know, he's a less than 300 hitter over two seasons. Uh, he strikes out a decent amount. He's pretty much limited to first base and like, but if he hits with this kind of power, it's kind of like, who cares? You know, like <laughs> it'll be fine. They'll figure it out. But he is going to have to continue to hit with power because that's where his value is, is tied right now. And, but is it crazy to say he might have the most raw power of anybody in the 2024 class? I'll leave that to David Seifert, but like, it's hard for me to imagine someone, you know, I'd love to see the guy that has more raw power in the class than, than Hunter Hines for sure. Mm, love that. Yeah. He, yeah, that, that, that's it, again, every time we bring up one of these players, it makes that team intriguing like really excited to see what mississippi state's got cooking this fall i'm gonna go cam smith boys i had florida Mm. state early in the year and like cam smith got to a point last year he was very hyped up like he was my national freshman of the year in the preseason you know he looks the party 6'3 225 pounds can clearly stay on the dirt you know could really really hit he got his rear end handed to him last year as a freshman And he got to a point where he was unplayable because there was so much swing and miss. Now, here's the part that I missed. He must have done really well down the stretch. You guys take a guess. Guess what Cam Smith hit for the year at Florida State last year? Anybody? Uh, 290. Kendall? You're muted if you're Uh, I'm going to go with 278. I'll go right in the middle. 282. Yeah, so it was 258. I thought he was hitting like 200. He had 12 home runs too. So again, he it was bad. There, there was a part in that season last year where he was really scuffling. Yeah. Now they were really scuffling. But anyway, he hit 258 with 12, and then he went to the Cape and he hit just about 350 for, for Hyannis. Um, what is it, 347 with six home runs, 12 doubles. I mean, just really was fantastic. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mention him. Fitzy, did you see him live? I did see him. Yeah. And, and I mean, he looks, he looks great. And uh, interesting thing about him too, is when he first got up there, his first eight games in the Cape his his strikeout rate was about 50%. You know, it was just like, Ooh, like, is yeah. this going to, and then, then he, he, he made some adjustments with, with Tino Martinez, who was up there for a while working with that team, uh, Hyannis and, and, uh, and their hitting coach Drew Earhart. And um, he, he kind of like, just made a huge adjustment and, and it let the ball get deeper. And um, he kind of went to like a strideless two strike approach that made a big difference for him. Um, and he finished the season like 15% swing and miss. So like just really, really impressive growth as a player. Uh, he's draft eligible next year, guys. And he is going to be a first round pick. I'm going to say it. I, I feel that's, you know, I'm not going on a too, too much of a limb here. Like he had that kind of buzz heading into his freshman year. He didn't perform like that as a freshman, but it's coming baby. Like yeah. this guy is going to be a big star. I really, I'm, I'm in on it. I love it. Hey, let's wrap with this. So a headline that I saw recently. So born, born, we mentioned won the Cape Cod league, and this is pretty cool. Rutgers who did not have as good of a season as we hoped, but it was a good season, but born, in the Cape, that championship team had three Rutgers players, Josh Corota grauer Hugh Pickney, and then uh, Pete Chifreda. I might be mispronouncing that, but I think it's Pete Chifreda, um, the transfer from Lafayette, were all key players on that born team that won the Cape Cod title. Christian Coppola, or Coppola, still to be determined on how to say that, um, he was on Team USA. So, again, here, here I go, very bullish on Rutgers coming into yeah. next year. Um, a lot, a lot to like, and a lot to bet on there. So, 
All right, uh, uh, let's housekeeping items. We have not asked for for reviews on the podcast app, and let's do that. So please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, whatever your podcasting app is. And in your review, please list the name of your fantasy football team. If you're not playing fantasy football this year, um, then your team name can be Screw Joe Healy. What's he even doing with his life? Um, but put your fantasy football team name in there. If it's good, we'll read it on air. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe. That's very, very helpful. Uh, and then finally, subscriptions, you know, fall reports are right around the corner. All this great summer content is on the website right now. If you type in save 30 at checkout, this is for an annual sub to d1baseball.com, seceextra.com, save 30, we'll get you 30% off. Um, and uh, a, an autographed stocking from Kurt Reed. That, 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 that's, that <laughs> part is, we're not sure. We're, we're, we're efforting that part. So. It's a gift Spoiler that keeps alert, on giving the whole year. We're, we're, we've never been closer to making that happen. That's all yeah. I'll say. Yeah, if you get a <laughs> subscription now, you get 30% off and Kurt Reed's cell phone number is what you get. There you go. I, I love uh, the fact that anyone who didn't hear the original Kurt Reed podcast is like, no idea. We bring this up like fun. every episode. I love, I love it. I love yeah, it. It's it's go back into the archives and that's get right. that's Do right. your go homework, America. Right. Do your homework. Yes. I, uh, Runes, I, I actually, for me not playing fantasy football, I actually, I don't want to say blame you, but you're related to the last experience I had in, in fantasy football. I played in a, a league that you had put together of like college baseball coaches and media and stuff like that. And a still current uh, college coach uh, who will remain nameless. Uh, I, so I was being a bad manager. I will admit I was being a bad manager. I, my team was bad. So like I lost interest real early and stopped updating my roster. Um, we all do things we regret in life, but <laughs> this college coach messaged me on the, the app we were using oh, and, uh, basically asked for me to turn over my login information so that one <laughs> of his colleagues could run my team and like, wasn't super nice about it. Honestly. Oh no. <laughs> like it was a little more aggressive than, than I would have liked to have it to been. But anyway, so you know what, that was, that was my last, and it, it wasn't because of that, like clearly me not updating my team. Was, was evidence that I had kind of lost so, interest. But, so yeah. this is on you, Coach Rooney. You ruined Joe Healy's uh, love affair with fantasy football all because you forced him to join this league with a bunch of uh, hard-nosed Rough coaches, roughnecks, that uh, yeah. weren't going to sit around here and stand for Joe's non-competitive attitude. Yeah, I'll take full responsibility for that. That's, that's uh, yeah, gosh, I'm dying to know what coach it was. So, uh, gentlemen, well done. That was very fun. That was the, co- the theme of the podcast was college baseball therapy, and I feel therapied. Thank you for that. I, I feel much college baseball joy in my heart. Fitzy, have a wonderful trip to the land of ice, uh, and everyone have a great week. We will catch you next time on the D1 Baseball Podcast. The D1 Baseball Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Buying a master mechanics tool set usually means high prices, higher interest rates, and who knows how many years of monthly payments. But at GearWrench, we don't believe that your tools should take years and years to pay for. So check out Mega Mod Master Sets, the master mechanics tool sets that deliver pro-quality tools, organized storage solutions, an easy-to-use lifetime warranty, and much, much more. All for thousands less than you'd expect. 
So don't wait. Explore the sets and check availability now. Only at GearWrench.com.